Yeah, no, I was actually thinking about this. This is a good question, and it, it had me stumped for a while. But my definite biggest failure is is um, the relationship between my daughter's mother and me. Mm. Definitely my biggest failure. Just not being able to mend that relationship or have it be something where it's like at least amicable to where my daughter could still talk to her and I can still talk to her and we could be, even though we're not together, mm-hmm. we could still have um, that, that what I would still consider a family. I think that's definitely the biggest failure because we don't have that right now. Hey guys, welcome to Three Questions by Corey Kareem, a show where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things, and you guessed it, we asked them three questions, not about their successes though, but rather about their failures. The purpose of the show is to offer you different perspectives on how successful people both deal and handle failure. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce two-time author and ghostwriter, Mr. Kern Carter, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. How's it been? It's been a while. Life is good. Life is good. And you know what? I know I just kind of gave you a, a lightweight intro. So for the millions of people that are going to be tuning in, why don't you give them a brief synopsis of who you are and, and what you do? Oh, I definitely wasn't prepared for this. So <laughs> I'll, give you a, I'll give you a brief synopsis of, of what I do. Um, yes, I'm an author. So I've written and self-published two books. Um, I'm also releasing a, a third book next year, traditionally. So uh, actually, I literally just signed a deal this week, so awesome. that's going to be coming next year. Um, and I also run a, an online magazine called Cry, where we really just speak to um, the emotional side of being a creative, like writers, artists, like really kind of dealing with the, um, not just the technical aspects, but the, like the emotional stuff that you deal with, like failure, rejection, right. um, feeling like you're not being heard or being yeah. seen and stuff like that, you know, like that's, that's really what we focus on. So being that this show is all about failure and talking about how to deal with failure, Let's start with the first question. Uh, give me a time. <laughs> tell me about a time, your, your biggest failure to date, and tell me about that moment and, and why do you believe it was like your biggest failure or one of your biggest failures if you can't remember the biggest one? Yeah, no, I was actually thinking about this. This is a good question and it, it had me stumped for a while, but my definite biggest failure is, is um, the relationship between my daughter's mother and me. Mm. Definitely my biggest failure. Just not being able to mend that relationship or have it be something where it's like at least amicable to where my daughter could still talk to her and I could still talk to her and we could be, even though we're not together, mm-hmm. we could still have um, that, that what I would still consider a family. I think that's definitely the biggest failure because we don't have that right now. Mm. And so how has that like impacted like the relationship between you and your daughter and what have you kind of done to kind of mitigate that and to you know, make it work to the best of your abilities? I would say the the most important thing really is my daughter's health, right? Like her mental health. Like how is she actually taking this? So for me, like at first, when it first happened, like when I first got full custody and mm-hmm. I realized that like months went by and she hasn't heard from her mother yet, mm-hmm. like I really just started kind of looking at her like, okay, mm-hmm. how are you doing? You know, like how are you, how's, how are you feeling today? You know, like I, I really started asking those questions and, and then looking at her and observing her and making sure that, uh, just from like the, the the outside perspective, kind of looking at at how she's behaving, mm-hmm. um, is she functioning functioning okay? Because she was thirteen when this happened. Wow. It wasn't she wasn't like a child, like you know, like her mom just left her when she was two or three. Yeah. Um, she was thirteen, so um, 
I think just just really kind of paying attention um, to how she was feeling was like my main obligation. Mm-hmm. And then I, I get I think my my anger at myself probably or like where I feel like I failed was like years before that though because. I mean, I got custody when she was 13. We had 13 years to figure that out. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, legit. Like, we had over a decade to figure that out. And just, obviously, it takes two to, to make things work. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are things that I'm sure she would say that she did, would have done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely things that I would have done differently and said differently and, you know, try to maybe uh, accommodate in a different way. So, on that note, what's one thing you would have done differently looking back? Um... I think one thing I would have done differently for sure mm-hmm. um, is not not be so triggered by the things that she said. Mm. Like, I used to get pissed. Like, mm. she would say something and I would take it to a hundred, you know? Like, I would just get so mad because I felt like everything was an attack on, on my parenthood, on me being a father. Right. Everything. Right. doesn't matter what she said. I felt like it was an attack, like, oh, you've been in school for, like, five years. That's attack on my parenthood. Like, I'll get, you know, like, I'll take it to 100 to get, like, so upset. So I I think just being, understand, being more understanding of, like, from her perspective, you know, like, what she had to deal with, Mm -hmm. what I put her through. Like, I, 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 I'm actually writing about this, like, not pub, not exactly publicly, but I'm, Mm -hmm. like, I've been writing about this because I, I, one day I'm going to put this out in a memoir, right? But... I was thinking about the fact that, like, I, when my daughter was, I dropped out of high school for my daughter. Yeah. You know, I, we got pregnant when she was 18, when I was 18, yeah. uh, her mom was 17. I dropped out of high school, right? But then after the, her, my daughter was born, I stayed for a year. I went to university, and I went away to university mm. for four years. Playing ball. Playing ball, playing yeah. basketball. I got a yeah. basketball scholarship. I went away for four years, right? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was gone for four years. Mm-hmm. So although... It turned out like super positive. I got a degree in mm-hmm. the in what I do right now. Like mm-hmm. I got an English writing degree. I write yeah. for a living. I got to live my dream and play basketball all across America and the world, really. Yeah. Um, and and I, I got a lot of connections that really made me who the person who I am today, career-wise and personally, right? But at the same time, that's four years where her dreams were on pause, right. like where she was just a parent. She was just a mom. She couldn't do anything else, right? Like that was just the situation for her. Even though there was help... Um, it wasn't my help. Right. I wasn't there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So to to like when I sit back and I reflect on that, like that must have been like a crazy feeling for her. You know, right. like and I just because in my in my mind she was like tough. She's like right. a tough girl. You know, like that. Right. You know, that was kind of the lore when you're younger or when I was younger anyway. Yeah. Um, her just being like that tough person, like that was really that I I I just thought she could take it. I didn't even think about the other right. the other part of it, but she probably felt like abandoned in a way, right? right. So now um if I realized that, yeah. you know, I would have like treated situations differently. Got it. Been more empathetic to the way she was when she was angry and when she was saying things that was like obviously wrong and obviously just like to get me upset mm-hmm. but she's she's coming from a place of like hurt yeah. and like imagine being 17 18 and then alone. it's just like you're yeah. alone yeah. um you're probably scared yeah. and then like i'm sure she obviously she definitely had dreams and ambitions that she wanted to do but yeah. she's just like all right Kern, like you're you just go and do your thing and then i did my thing but she didn't get a chance to do her thing so right. no that's that's impactful man that's powerful so you would definitely would have been more thoughtful about her situation yeah. and taken into consideration yeah. all right cool all right, so Kern, um, second question for you, brother. 
Uh, tell me about a time when nothing was working out, like nothing was going your way, everything seemed to be falling apart. What did you do to work through that and to get over it? Like, what kind of stuff did you do to, and tell me about that moment? Um, I think the, the moment, or the moment, it's kind of like two answers in one. Mm -hmm. So the moment I think that really sticks out to me is the time when I was trying to become a full-time writer. Mm. So like, I was doing a bunch of odd jobs, and this is something you, you, I think you might have heard about before, but I'm doing a bunch of odd jobs. So I was like um, working as, you know those people in Enterprise, the car rental place mm. that cleans the cars? Mm. I was doing that. I was working at a bingo hall. Wow. I worked at a basketball um, facility, the Hoop Dome. Okay. I worked yeah. at the Hoop Dome. I was doing like all these odd jobs, and it was just like, I was turning away jobs because I was just like, I really want to just do writing. I really mm. want to do writing. and then. Mm. Um, I remember my mom was just like, yo, I believe in you, but you got to have like, like something has yeah, to give, you know? I so, um, I signed up for teacher's college. Mm. Like it was like, I was like, that I was, probably felt like death to you. It did. Bit. What? My heart was like, <laughs> yeah. my heart was not feeling, but I did it to like yeah. satisfy my mom. Yeah. I did it to just like, you know, um, to just make her feel better, to be completely honest. And then it came, I got in the worst. So I got in, I signed up, got in. Yeah. Um, and now it's like the day I got to go. Like I was like mm. in my room and I was freaking out. Like my heart was going crazy. And I'm just like, I can't do this. Mm. I can't, I'm not going to go. So I didn't go. Wow. Um, like on the first day of classes, I didn't go and they're calling me. They're like, Kerr, where are you? Where are you? Yeah. Um, and I'm ignoring the calls. Um, but what that, what that did though is like, it, it, it almost motivated me even more mm. because then right after that, it's like it put energy out into the universe because I, I really do believe in energy. It put that right energy out into the universe that I'm actually going to do anything for mm. this, you know? No mm -hmm. matter what, I'm, I'm going to be a writer full-time, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. So like maybe a month after that, I got my first really big contract, wow. writing contract, like literally like a month after that. Wow. And I was just like, okay, now, now I'm rolling. And then that kind of turned into another one and then like the next year I was, I was full time. So let me ask you this. Do you felt like if you continued and followed through with Teachers College, do you feel like that contract would have happened? No. Mm -hmm. Zero chance. Zero chance. Like that happened because again, like energy, first of all, mm -hmm. but then like it was the continuation of, of, of years of me just putting that kind of energy into it and putting the work into it. Right. Um, and, and being on the right platforms and making the right connections and stuff right. like that. So it was, it was also the years of work, but it was, it was just that big, um, sacrifice and that big kind of um scream to the universe you know right. like hey this is this is what i want to do and this is how i'm going to make it and if i can get, understand you correctly mm. not only was you, you scream to the universe but that scream was authentic because mm. sometimes i feel like we all we're all guilty of this where we want something but it's not really our dream we're chasing we see other mm. people's dream and we do stuff like that and it doesn't work out because it's it's not authentic to who you are but like you were saying You've already been putting in the groundwork. It was just a matter of time really, yeah, at that point. That is, that is like probably one of the most realist statements, actually. It's just like, how do you find what's actually in your heart? You know, mm. like, how do you how do you know what you're actually doing is for you? And you you could feel it. You could feel when it's fake. Like I the way I feel about writing and and mm -hmm. and words and stuff like that, I could feel it in my heart. I could feel like mm -hmm. when I, like to the point sometimes where it's like other people are successful. Like I would get I would see like authors getting deals, mm -hmm. you know, like I'd be like. This person just got a seven-figure book deal. He's like, "Fuck!" Like, "Look, oh, I didn't get my deal yet." Yeah. Like, I feel so bad. Like, I get kind of jealous, you know, to be yeah. real. But then, um, like, when I was putting together work for 
um, for like ghostwriting for clients yeah. or like when I was putting up my blogs and I was getting those yeah. reactions, it felt so good. Like, you know, yeah. but not only that felt good, the process felt good. Mm. Writing it felt good. Struggling to write it felt good. Yeah. Getting rejected felt like it didn't feel good, but I was, I was okay with it because yeah. I, I knew I was going to keep going. So yeah. I was writing, I wrote my first book at eight. I was in wow. third grade. So this is not like for me, this was, this was not like some, oh, I'm going to try something. Mm -hmm. Like this is what I want to do since I knew I could do something. Right. You know? Right. So if another thing I could take away from that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but would you say a part of what you did that led to your success was burning the bridge to a certain extent, like kind of cutting off, because you had a chance to take a more secure, safe route, mm -hmm. which is teacher's college. Mm -hmm. You said, you know, X that, I'm really going to try mm -hmm. and pursue this. Yeah, totally, totally. All it, it's, I, I, I don't know who says this, but they, I always like watch a bunch of interviews and they say until it feels like, like you want that thing as much as you want to breathe as badly as you want to breathe mm. then you're not it doesn't it doesn't happen you know mm -hmm. and that i mean that came that example actually kind of proved itself again like when i, I just told you i got my i just signed my first book deal mm -hmm. that was another point of frustration three years ago well four years ago now um i put out my last book uh beauty scars and i self-published it myself and but right after that i'm like I'm, that's the last book I self-published. My goal mm -hmm. now is to get an agent and to get traditionally published. That's it. That's my goal. I'm not putting out any other books until that happens. Mm -hmm. And then year one goes by. And like, mm -hmm. I got an agent like right after the first year. So I was like, I'm yeah. on track. And yeah. then I lost my agent. Wow. And I'm like, fuck. No, because agents are the gatekeepers. They're the right. ones who link you to the traditional publishers. So I was right. like, no agents. Now two years go by, nothing. Like, mm. so two years are gone by, and I'm just like, man, since like 2019 now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like mm. late 2019, I'm like, what am I gonna do? So I'm starting to, I'm writing other stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm learning more. Mm. I'm still putting like putting in work. I'm still preparing the books, mm. but I'm not, I'm not putting it out. I'm like, mm. I'm not putting this out. I'm getting another agent, and then through like a bunch of, you know, kind of like fateful events, I was able to get another agent, and then through another kind of odd event, because he, he, he actually wanted me for a different book. Mm. And then he's just like, hey, just send me everything you have. Tell me what else you have. And I sent him the book that, that he had, a book called Boys and Girls Screaming, which is a fictional book. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, this is it. And the next day he sent me the contract. We signed the contract the next day. Wow. And then that was like September. And then I got my deal in December is when I got the first offer. And wow. here we are today, you know? No, that's powerful, man. <laughs> that, that, when I pick up on that the most is, having that authentic feeling and to the point you just said when you heard someone say through an interview until it comes to the point where you you, you like it's burning inside of you mm -hmm. other way i can put it is until you're obsessed about it yeah yeah, until yeah, you, yeah you think it sleep it drink it whatever then you know you're not really in the game but that's that's powerful yeah. awesome all right question number three which i have to admit is more like two questions in one i'm, I'm good let's do uh, it um, so what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned from failure thus far in your life? Mm -hmm. And the second part to that question is, if you could give one piece of advice to the millions of people that are experiencing failure right now, what would that be? Ah, uh, okay. Biggest lesson. Biggest lesson with failure I've learned is honestly, that they don't get comfortable with it. Like I know mm. people are like, Failure, 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 failure. Yeah. But don't get comfortable with it. Like, I hate it. Mm. I don't like it. So I prepare, I work, and I, like, put in the, the amount of, of education, like, self-education I need so I don't fail. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's how I operate. Like, I I know that, that that's going to happen. I, I know rejection is going to happen. I know not everyone's going to like 
something I produce. I know the first time I write a book, the first draft is going to be shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I know these things, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, you have to, I, I think that you have to also, like, set a bar for yourself. Mm -hmm. And setting that bar for yourself, let's, like, it's one way to really kind of stand out, right. you know? And, and for me, like, that bar, like failure is not part of that bar. Mm. You know, like I were like I went to I went this is after I, I my second book. I went back to university, to college for a full semester just mm. to to learn how to write again. Like mm. a novel writing course, like one on one right. with a mentor. Then I went to UFT the semester after that and yeah. did another novel writing course. Wow. Like I did an editing course. Right. I don't I, I'm not I'm not just gonna I, I'm preparing like that because I hate the failure. I hated mm. getting those rejection letters. Mm -hmm. So I'm like if, if I'm getting a rejection letter, that means I'm not good enough. That's how I look at it. I don't care what the other circumstances are surrounding that. Mm -hmm. That I look at it like I need to get better, you know? So that's one thing I would say. And then the other thing as far as like one, one kind of like piece of advice, mm -hmm. I would tell people, this is something I did not do. So which is, this is actually pretty good because this is something you should take in. Mm -hmm. um, I would say fail faster. Like, you know, like I feel like sometimes I feel too slow, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or it took me too long to learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I would say like fail and then learn that lesson really fast. And then the very next time, don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like try to like really fail fast because the, the quicker you get through those moments of like rejection and not understanding something and like, yeah. you know, like something that's out of your control, like the sooner you could get over it and figure out, okay, what can I do to actually get better? Yeah. It's the faster you get to your goals. Way faster. Like I... For me, I just, it took me too long sometimes to like, I was a little too like uh, ignorant, right. like or a little bit too like forceful, like, no, this is the way it's going to work. But instead of just like sitting back, humbling myself, like yeah. putting my ego to the side and being like, okay, what's the actual lesson here? What do I need to get better at? Yeah. Um, why isn't this working? Yeah. You know, like why? There's a reason you are where you are. Mm -hmm. There's a reason. And I think, I think people need to sit down with that, you know, like really mm -hmm. sit down with yourself no mirrors in your room and be like why am i where i'm at right now because there's a reason right you know once you like again like just kind of humble yourself and and realize that there are, there's a different way that you could do it and there's a there's a there's a level um there's a bar that you're just not at like that's what i had to tell myself i was just like yeah. i'm just not a good enough writer yet yeah imagine me saying that i just told you i wrote since i was eight years old yeah you know and then i have to look back and tell myself three years ago after my second book i'm just not a good enough writer wow you know and invest three thousand dollars boom straight back to school right. Invest another thousand next semester back to school wow. you know i wasn't good enough yet and then but that, that gave me so much confidence that that Going back to those that school for that year gave mm. me so much confidence to put my mm. writing on a whole another level. So it's not an accident that right after the school is yeah. when my, I found my agent and then yeah. we got to a publisher. It's not, a, it's not an accident. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. it literally went like that. You know, I was a better writer. I was able yeah. to look at the book I had, look at the manuscript I had and be like, oh, yeah. I see now. Ah. I see why they don't it's like it. Oh yeah, God. literally like, oh, I see why. Just fix it yeah. up and so from, from what i got from that is a, is a few different things few different mm -hmm. lessons so mm -hmm. one is yes it's okay to fail but don't get comfortable mm -hmm. with failure the second thing is fail fast yeah and the third thing i also got was never stop learning like you took yourself and said i'm going back to school because yeah. i got to level up on my skill set and also the other thing i got from that is you did you you, you checked yourself from the neck up you said I'm not good enough. Yeah. So what I got to do to get better? You had that real talk, yeah. real loud conversation with yourself. And then you, you took action, yeah. which was going back to school for yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man.
Thank you for sharing. Appreciate that. it. Appreciate <laughs> it. That was, that was a tough one. Yeah. But yeah, do that. If you could honestly do that though on a real tip, like yeah. that was the hardest thing to do. Yeah. To be like, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. Like, because no, I, I thought I was the shit. Yeah. I thought I was so good at writing because I, I, again, before that I was studying too. It wasn't like yeah. I wasn't studying. Yeah. Um, I was going through like this big book. It's like a Bible called the Little Brown Handbook. I was studying that. Yeah. I was still doing editing courses, but I didn't take that like next step of formal education and getting that one-on-one kind of right. you know toolage with my with my work and that that made all the difference but it started with me looking at myself and being like wow like i'm, I'm actually not you know what kind of spurred it what was that i went to new york i went to new york right so this is the during the two years i was yeah. like yo i'm getting an agent so yeah. i went to new york and i'm like um it was like a basically like a pitch contest you go and you meet like a bunch of agents blah yeah. blah I did that and like every agent I went to like the, the pitch I had because I was yeah. I'm good I was, thank yeah, you I was yeah, sitting there yeah, on yeah. practice I mean yeah. like shh. I was in my hotel room the whole yeah, night yeah. practice and I'm like I'm yeah. gonna nail this so yeah. again my confidence right yeah. but they liked the pitch but when they got the story none of them liked it you know what I'm saying like none of them liked it wow. they liked pieces of it but they didn't like it and then agents don't give you feedback they're just like I like it I don't like it but right. what agent gave me like specific feedback and she's like Oh, you know the the premise of the story is really good, but the way you the way you um, went about handling the characters, yeah. uh, it was it wasn't executed well. Wow! I was like, really? Like at first, I felt offended. I was like, yeah. what does she know? Yeah. Like this is what I'm saying to yeah, this yeah, agent. Yeah. This end of the agent was actually like a really dope agent. Yeah. <laughs> when I researched her after, but she she basically like said my shit wasn't good enough, right? Yeah. And I took that offensively at first. I'm like, whatever. But then I like sat down. I was mm-hmm. like. No, 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 Kern. She just told you it wasn't good enough. She just told you your writing is not good enough. Yeah. So I sat down with that. And then that happened in December. Mm-hmm. I, I took the course in January. Mm-hmm. Like it was right after that. Just like, okay, like yeah. that was real. Like that, that, was, a, that was like God telling me, yeah. you know, like, but again, that goes back to that feel faster stuff. Like yeah. I've been hearing that the whole time. Yeah. I was just ignoring like I was yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was forcing myself to be like no I am that good I am that good I am that good well you know why right mm. you're an artist you're sensitive about that shit. <laughs> and we go and then and then that's it as they say about artists you're sensitive about your shit <laughs> and that's it <laughs> so guys you just heard Kern Carter's amazing story and how he deals with failing how he works through it and overcomes it but I also want to leave you with something else and something that has always resonated with me if you want to impress people, talk about your successes. If you want to have an impact on their lives, talk about your failures. So until next time, I'm Corey Kareem. Peace and love. I'm Corey Kareem, and my motto is faith, love, and persistence. All I wish to offer is perspective. Thank you for your time and your attention. Peace and love. <laughs>